Hey, this is Skippy from Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Legal Connection Show. You are listening to Lone Star Radio, um, and I'm not sure if you are listening on FM 104.5 or 106.1, but that's our FM frequency. And um, you can also get us on Facebook at thelegalconnection.com, and our YouTube will um, of the show will be out probably about an hour. And um, so we are here as a public service. That would be my co-host, uh, Cheryl, Christine Jahani, and I, uh, uh, Tony Collins. To Hello, Tony. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Okay. And, yeah, I'm here. And Cheryl is with us remotely because um, uh, she has decided that she's going to um, uh, uh, try to uh, absorb all things covid <laughs> And, and stay at home, right. and, and right. she also right. being uh, sensitive to uh, not to making sure that we don't get all of her uh, Cheryl germs. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yes. today on the Legal Connection Show, we have got a special guest, Crystal Ward, and um, she is, uh, for lack of a better way to describe her, omnificent of all things land, and uh, has just done a lot of things that are sort of entrepreneurial, and I thought it would be really fun to get somebody on the show that actually uh, exercises her rights and does, you know, things that people do out here in Montgomery County, buys land right. and, you know, it, it has mishaps and, 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 and it takes the, the bull by the horn, so to speak, and goes forward. So I'm going to let, I'm going to ask her a series of questions. But before I do that, I want to find out, uh, Cheryl, do you have any questions? Uh, no, I'm excited to hear from Crystal. Um, uh, is, uh, is she, uh, Crystal, what do you do? What's your job? Okay. Well, first of all, hi, Cheryl. Good to hear your voice. And thank you, Tony and Cheryl, for having me on the air today with you. What do I do? Well, <laughs> she has to take the fifth. <laughs> yes. Um, well, my first job is I'm a mom of four beautiful children. So that's most important. Um, well, good for you. That's exhausting. things that come with mm-hmm. it. Yes. Rewarding and exhausting sums it up nicely. But um, my husband and I are real estate investors. Tony has mm-hmm. been my mentor. I'm so grateful for her. <laughs> yes, as we all are. Yes, we Whatever. are. Whatever. Now, but I just, sure. a, just a little bit of background on Crystal. Um, I met her through my good friend, mm-hmm. uh, my my BFF, uh, mm-hmm. Fran. And I know that I may not be her BBBBFFFFF, but uh, but she is mine. And, uh, mm-hmm. and and she uh, had uh, just asked me to speak to Crystal about something mundane. It may be a, a dental question. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was dental or I think it may have been one of the bad tenants I had. Yeah, I, I don't remember what it was, but it was a while back. And uh, Crystal just would, from there on out, would always have some odd, off-the-wall question that was completely on point with what we'd either talked about on the show or I'm like, what, you're experiencing that? You're trying this? I love you. Let's do it. So Crystal's going to um, not only finish telling us about what her background is, but um, she's going to give us some insight on many things that she's experienced uh, firsthand in uh, buying land. That's a real estate investor. But I All right. It. All right. So tell me what more about your background. Well, a lot of the background stories will actually come out um, during these topics of discussion because I can dare say that I have made enough mistakes to learn a lot <laughs> along the way, and Tony has been there to help figure and things out. Just so, so our grateful. listeners know what those topics are, today mm-hmm. we're going to talk about tax fights, um, easement issues, uh, thwarts with your homeowners association and things that come up when you buy land that you did not know. And land acquisition pitfall. So it's a little bit of a continuation from last week, but we've got somebody that's actually experienced it. So go forward, my dear. Anyway, so to finish, you said that you were a real estate investor. How did you get into that? I got into that because um, I had someone in the family come to me and said, I am so tired of losing money in the stock market. This was back in 2010 when we were in rock bottom Mm -hmm. and asked if I would be willing to manage properties if they were to purchase it. And I said, absolutely. I had a newborn baby at the time and opportunity was knocking and I was very grateful recipient of that. Um, so and, but your background to do that, was that just, I'm going to shoot from the hip or did you have a, 
college background or? Um, I do have a college background. I'm uh-huh. a registered dental hygienist uh-huh. and I love that job. I uh-huh. really do. Um, I love being around people and doing things with that. I can say that real estate is kind of in my blood, I guess. Um, my family members have several rental properties, so okay. it's not new to me. Okay. Um, they built several houses. My dad's built a few catamaran boats. I mean, there's really no limits. <laughs> so it runs in the family. It does. We're project people. Okay. So you somehow segued from being a dental assistant into being, uh, uh, you know, a, a property a manager, major uh, property investor manager. Yeah. Right. Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. That is how that all began. Okay. So how though? You're just a dental assistant and you said, uh, I've got the, I'm managing these properties and now I'm going to roll this into something that I do all the time because I prefer to do this or it's making me more money or whatever the, the reason may have been. But um, so what did you do next? What what was the catalyst that got you out of the dental office and into the, the streets, as they oh. say? <laughs> well, I actually did both, and I enjoyed doing both. It was uh-huh. a nice balance to uh-huh. be able to be in the dental office mm-hmm. part-time and do real estate part-time and, and do mom momming, of course, full-time. Um, but what actually led me out of the dental office was my the dentist I worked for retired and oh, I had to have okay. carpal tunnel surgery. And so those kind of went hand in hand. I didn't know. And so you took mm-hmm. advantage of that opportunity of no longer having the, the dental assistant uh, realm as your form of uh, a supplemental income for your family. And then you're, you we started were, to do this. And we were dabbling in real estate prior and then we kind of dove in deeper to real estate and um, some went well, especially at first when we did this. And then we So how did it go well at first before we get into the topics? I'm curious. So it went well at first. We had an opportunity uh, that a another family member was about to foreclose, be foreclosed on their uh-huh. house. And mm-hmm. in hindsight, the house may should have had a bomb to it just because it would have been easier to rebuild that way um but we took on the challenge it was an hour and a half away from here and it was very rewarding um, not only for the neighbors because they were tired of seeing this dilapidated house that was bringing down mm-hmm. their value mm-hmm. um, but it also gave uh, that family member a opportunity to move on mm-hmm. with their life and mm-hmm. in a much healthier way so uh-huh. it, it was a win-win in both ways uh-huh. um so you, you paid the foreclosure amount that you, you bought it for closure sale or you paid the mortgage company to bring it up? It was free and clear. They were on, it was for back taxes that oh. they were going to be foreclosed oh, okay. on. And so okay. we gave them that money plus the some extra authority? money. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, so we paid off the taxes. Uh-huh. We gave the family member money to move forward with their lives. Oh, that was nice. Okay. And it paid off like their vehicle and kind of uh-huh. got that momentum uh-huh. going. And um, then we just started renewing the house. Okay. So when you paid the back taxes, um, uh, this is just regard to people that probably have been in the same situation. Did you um, pay your relative um, the value of the house, uh, you know, less the taxes you paid to the taxing authority? Or how did that work out? How did you work that out with your relative? This has got to happen a lot with families. Yeah. Um, we asked, actually, that it, it not be a thing. We didn't anticipate doing this. Uh-huh. Um, some <laughs> other family members stepped in and said, hey, they're willing, and you can come out with some cash in your pocket. And so... Um, I think we were only, uh, I don't really necessarily want to give the amount, but it was a uh-huh. small chunk of change uh-huh. comparison to the house. But the house was literally falling apart. So the, so the fair market value of the house was about was, what you had paid in the taxes. And I've been in that situation with other my own family members okay. where they were in a foreclosure situation mm-hmm. and the taxes and the house didn't have gas because the gas company had pulled the meter and there was no roof that was, you know, everything was wrong with it. It, had, mm-hmm. it needed so much work. Just like you said, if we had just, if we had been lucky enough to have a hurricane or lightning strike, uh, an insurance pay for it, we would have been, uh, you know, <laughs> very blessed. But that's not what happened, and we right. for, for a long time had to fix the house up. So, but you worked at a deal where you paid the taxing authority, and everybody financially was happy. Yes. And then what'd you do next with this house? Oh, we just went up there every weekend and renovated it, and we took our kids or our demo team and um, <laughs> we had fun <laughs> renovating it that way and they had fun demoing it and we worked and worked and other family members pitched in and helped That's and nice. everybody okay. everybody came out ahead um the, did you like put new floor in and new you know oh the whole thing we rebuilt walls we did um they had three raccoons living there so it was quite um, <laughs> a family it was needed to be cleaned out uh we redid the floor plan mm-hmm. so we okay. modified that um 
And ultimately, Everything. did you sell it? We got it. Was we that, okay, so you were able, did you get a loan when you did that, or did you just pay for it as you went? We paid cash with that one. Okay, because I will say that in my own experience, when I had the same renovation mm-hmm. kind of disaster, you know, a, a benefit, because it was a benefit to me from learning from that, I actually had the, uh, a guy that I worked with said, no, you need to go take out a loan on this. It's got to have some market value on it for for you to do um you know to repair it and then you can have a tax break because you can take the loan okay and uh, and mine was uh i can't remember how we did it but it was financially it was better for me to get a loan i didn't have the cash to do it and to have someone helping me i don't think you did that you were doing you were doing a hands-on thing okay so that's of interest to me because i didn't think you could get a loan if it wasn't in the livable condition no no in fact so i sold land that i had in order to pay to renovate the house so we're both learning i didn't know you did it like i'm gonna go in there and redo the floor and i'm gonna figure that's on my own and i was like I have no idea what I'm doing. I work in a land department in the oil company. <laughs> exactly. Well, well Tony, Tony, yeah. can I ask you, yeah. the house that you're talking about uh-huh. that you did, uh-huh. how did you come into that house? Was it a family house? Or? Um, yes, my mother, my father had died in 86, and my mother was a stay-at-home mom, and she didn't have a skill set to... Uh, be employed, and when she'd gone through all the, um, you know, the life insurance proceeds, she had always just had money, and so suddenly she had no money, and mm-hmm. she was kind of lost. She's like, well, obviously someone's going to pay the mortgage, and it was like, who? <laughs> you know, and so um, I didn't know what to do, and I was only uh, like 26 at the time. I take when that happened, I was like 29. I didn't know what no. to do, but a guy that I worked with said, uh, you need to step in and help because your mom is no. like, okay. she doesn't know what to do. And so right. I didn't have any money. I was young and I, you know, we were barely making ends meet. And I had this, this, what I thought was, I thought what I was going to do was I was going to end up fixing the house up for my mom. But it ended right. up that she couldn't pay the the money on the loan that I took to, to fix it up. And so I thought, well, we're going to mm-hmm. have to fix it up, make a profit on it, and I'm going to take that profit and buy her another property that she can afford to live in, which is what we did. But um, no. but the benefit was it was a very uh, kind of a corporate approach that I hadn't thought of. And this guy that had a master's at UT in finance and real estate and all the stuff that I'd worked with said, no, no, you need to immediately go get a loan. They will give you a loan to to improve the house. And because the fair market value improved was much higher than what it was dilapidated, they immediately, it was like within a week, I had $25,000, which at the time was a lot of money in my pocket. And um, I was very, uh, and then of course, when you have money in your pocket and you've got, you know, all of the, uh, the McCoys, the Hatfields and the McCoys family members right there, they're like, oh, you need to pay me back for this and you need to pay me. And you're like, no, I don't know you for anything. I need to fix this house up. And so that, you know, there's a little bit of bad blood when there was money involved. We all know that money's, the love of money is the root of all evil. But um, I was able to uh, learn a lot, fix the house up in my way, different from the way you did it. And then it took a while to sell it because the market was really bad back in, I think it was 88. There was a big, Mm -hmm. it was Black Monday or something in the stock market and the bubble and the real estate. It was really, really bad. But we ended up selling it and we were able to take the, the, the net proceeds. And because of the bubble, I was able to find a different um, townhouse, which is small and nice. And so my mom moved in there. But, um, but you did this on your own for your property, right? We did. Now, however, we've taken many loans since then to okay. remodel other, pla- uh, other houses. But it's okay. been much harder than really? I thought to get a loan. Really? Well, being self-employed. I'm like, oh. what else could you possibly want? My blood type, maybe? That's about all you don't yeah, have. Yeah, but being self-employed, <laughs> right. it shouldn't matter. It should be the value of the property because that's the collateral. I really? agree. We should probably leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first one you did, you, you ended up selling that property, yes, correct? correct? And then you had a little a little bit of a profit. And then what did you do with that profit? Reinvested it. Okay. Into more land. Into, correct? yes. Houses we did land. more houses after that. We did about... Um, I didn't know we were going to talk about this. Um, uh, this, this, <laughs> this part of it. Yeah. We did about three houses, I believe, before we invested in more land. Okay. And, okay. Um, but you well. you kept making, investing and then selling, investing and then selling. And then, then you decided, did you decide land was a better value or are you just open for anything as a real estate investor? We uh, Normally we do houses. We okay. do, I think, three bedroom, two bath is kind of okay. your magical number when uh-huh. it comes to flipping Are you like a house. that, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. And do everything kind of uh, neutral and and just update it. Okay. Open it up, you know, as open a concept like as the, possible. Like the 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 property brothers and like yes. all of our realty. I think that you should have the Crystal Ward 
show. Oh, thanks. You know, that's funny. There's some parallels there. We, my husband and I, we've started listening to their story. Uh-huh. And I was like, a houseboat. That's kind of how they got started was because uh-huh. of a houseboat. <laughs> Oh, really? We literally almost bought a houseboat. We really? were this close to buying no, a houseboat. Real quick, though, <laughs> tell me how, I don't know that story. How did they have a houseboat and they get started? Because that's interesting to me. She was an, um, an editor, I believe, or a blogger. Uh-huh. And some, uh, a friend of hers like submitted something uh-huh. to somebody who interviewed her. Uh-huh. They came and videoed them for a week. Uh-huh. And I, it was on that fifth business day that the guy pulled her aside in the morning and said, look, something exciting has got to happen or it's a no-go. Oh. And... She was not sure how the day was going to go. However, apparently Chip had ordered a houseboat and it arrived that day uh-huh. and they got in a big debacle out over that. Uh-huh. But yet they worked through it. Uh-huh. And that why, process why did he order a houseboat? Is it just for an investment? Apparently he does a lot of random things like we yeah, do. He's crazy we like us. Do. We show up at auctions and we're like, uh-oh, uh-huh. what are we going to do with this? Yes, yes. <laughs> and we turn it into something. So, yes, being random and kind of fun like that. Mm-hmm. But they made it work. I like to prefer her as a, like an outside-of-the-box kind of thinker. Yeah. yeah that's how we... <laughs> that's the way you have to approach it. That's how we approach But you it. do have to have a significant other, and I'm sure your husband's the same way, that's on board with, with your ideas. We balance each other out. He's much more much more analytical. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I'm much more sporadic, so it's a good balance. <laughs> it is. Okay, so now that we know how you got into this, mm-hmm. let's go into our first topic, even yes. though we probably uh, will we'll take some stuff off the other topics. Tax fights. Tell me about it. Have um, you had some? Oh, I've had some. <laughs> <laughs> but you're willing to fight your taxes. Normally, people oh, don't fight them. Every year. So I have... Um, and we're talking tax fight. We're talking property taxes. Property You're, taxes. You are uh, contesting the value that they've sent you. Yes. So okay. as a property manager, I go and I protest every single property every single year, especially um, the rentals, especially my homestead, mm-hmm. anything. I mean, I just protest because it. You save, and the reason people don't is because they're like, well, the money I would save on the value is just not that much. But I would say it probably is. One year, I think I saved was it six or eight thousand dollars, and so I went and spent ten percent of that on a shopping spree. It was my reward to myself wow. for not paying a tax okay. consultant to so do that. Either tell us about that one, or tell us about what you're going to say, about your your experiences. Well, I kind of wanted to make mention of of um, just an overall view. I actually spoke to a guy at the appraisal district this morning because I needed one word to fill in the blank. Um, I just kind of wanted to give an overview of what that process looks like for an average person because my neighbor came to me and I helped her and that was one of the best situations I had. Um, she and I sat down and I said, okay, let's look at comparable properties in the neighborhood. So you're helping your neighbor fight her taxes. Yes. That's so nice. It was okay. fun. Well, thankfully she came out way ahead. They actually put it under the value that we proposed and then they went up on mine. Good. Like, okay, I don't understand it, but whatever. <laughs> it was. I was so happy for her. Yeah. Let's see. So first of all, when you get your protest uh, or your valued uh-huh. right you get in, in the mail, the mail. Mm-hmm. yes the first thing you want to do is obviously fill out that form and mm-hmm. send it in it's all e- it's all e-file right now that's I mean. true mm-hmm. that's true we're doing more stuff online mm-hmm. now um there's usually two little check box that you want to f- f- um, put in there not of equal market value and things like that um so the oh, in- they give you an, they give you a reason that you're contesting it on there i never even saw that they do and there's i'm sorry i don't have those written down in front of me but there's um not equal with market value mm-hmm. and there's a litany of them i usually just go in there and i know what they are automatically but online at least in harris county the, the one that i've been i always fight my mm-hmm. taxes over in harris county um i should fight them here too but i don't um uh it's just kind of, it's a, a toggle it's yes. just online in a toggle. Exactly. It's and I just check off. And it's you're not you're not married to that request, that reason. It's just something you're filling in. No, but if you feel like it's a valid thing right. to yeah. discuss, check it. There's no yeah. harm in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Check at least two. That's my recommendation. <laughs> um, so after that, you'll go to an informal meeting uh-huh. at the appraisal district. You'll sit down with someone one-on-one. Now, if you, been, you do that in person, but I've been, done mine Zoom. Okay. So do you prefer in person or Zoom or do you care? I prefer in person, but I guess that's what I'm used to more than mm-hmm. anything. Uh, I don't like driving down there. I'm just. I don't particularly either the traffic. But and in person is, is always best to have somebody's sort of attitude and, you know. I've gotten to where the informals I tend to do online because I don't, I'm not going to settle for that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. so we just move right along to the formal where you'll have three board members and mm-hmm. then also one person from the appraisal district. And that's where you present your evidence. I mean, I break it down personally into the land value and then the improvement value. And that gives me two different angles to combat and give yeah. my opinion. 
that seems why the appraised well. value should be what you say it is. Yes. But you gave me a, may, a, a, a wonderful tip, which I'm sure you're going to talk about, about how to fight this when you're arguing with somebody that's got a certain position that's different from yours. So what do you do? Oh, I just give them the, the numbers in a yeah, spreadsheet. You, you I had mean. said you got their, their information. You said you had told them. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I loved that. It oh, was the you. best. Uh-huh. Um, thank you. Okay, so we'll, we'll go to that now then. <laughs> so before you go to either of the hearings, the best thing to do is to request the House Bill 201. And what that is, is the appraisal district's information as to what they use to value your property. you got to remember, they collect data in like mass quantities, and that's kind of how they come to your value. But if you... Some neighborhoods are just different. And even the guys I spoke to at the appraisal district this morning will tell you some neighborhoods are just different. They're either custom houses Mm -hmm. or they're just the exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. So if you can request the House Bill 201, you're going to probably get 40 to 60 pages of stuff to look through. So when you're saying that, you're saying the House House Bill 201 is a a statute that provides that the appraisal district has to give you their their information that they're supporting their value on. So you're writing a letter and emailing it or sending it. I think I sent my thing. I think there was a rule in there that said you had to send it. So I sent it certified. No big deal. It was like a couple dollars certified. um, Asking them that per House Bill 201, I need the discovery that you have, that you've, I'm not, they don't call it discovery. I need the information that you used and compiled that you, uh, that shows how you came to the number that you're charging me. Yes. And then you fight their numbers. It's a beautiful thing because mm-hmm. they have all the comps listed right there for yeah. you. Yeah. And what you do is you select their lowest comp and you use it against them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just mm-hmm. works wonders. I mean, they can't argue it at that point. They can't. And, they, they <laughs> right. don't. and then if you bring, make sure in advance, like five days in advance, you've because so, it's like the little timing that's in the statutes and in their, their rules. Mm-hmm. If you just email your pictures yes. of of the bad air conditioner and the the raccoon nibbled wires and the no roof and the Hatfields and McCoys with their their pitchfork in the the front that you can't get rid of your yes. squatters you know if you just send that to them, they want to see that because they really they want to help you they do but they can't if their hands are tied because you don't have the information to them sure those and pictures speak a thousand words they they're very important and if you do you can even do it the day of the formal hearing they will give you a break as long as you can load it up or have it with you even though they say you can't so anyway. Yes, I print everything out. I'm kind of old school like that. I like to have th- cop- and you have copies for everyone. Help mm-hmm. everybody is on the same page. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very beneficial. Yes. yes, between the house bill and pictures, I think you can pretty much argue your point and right. Um, right. You will come, come out to a fair conclusion. You're not going to walk away for anything less than they offered you in the informal for sure. But you're right. In the informal hearing, it's just one guy and you're just talking with them like I'm talking to you right now, right. and he's just like, "Hey, it's informal. This is almost like a little mediation before we go to the real thing." Right. But you can settle for that. But I remember in, I had that little, you know, uh, let uh, Jiminy Cricket in my head that mm-hmm. was like Crystal Ward's voice coming into my ear saying you know you may not want to just go with what they give you in the informal i'm like would crystal do this <laughs> <You're too funny. laughs> what would crystal do <laughs> i find that i've had more success going to the formal because you do have three non-biased people that right. are willing to hear you and out you'll have one so. that's always not on your side but two kind of will sort of lean and i don't always win but typically i would say about four out of five i come out ahead mm-hmm. in some way it's even it's if it's small it works. fighting I think so. Yes. I do think so. And the third step, which most people don't know about, I didn't learn until probably eight years into protesting taxes year after year after year. But there's a third step that's very rare. Um, It's arbitration. And if you go to the formal and you cannot agree on a number and you feel like that they – that the number is just invalid and it's just – you're not going to settle for that. Mm -hmm. Your third step is to go to an independent arbitrator. And um, I believe that's the state office of administration. Anyhow, they have one at the appraisal district. Right, right. If you go to the state office of administrative hearings um, online, they will guide you through it. I mean, these administrative agencies are amazing. They're set up for people to be pro se because they know – Really, you don't need, unless you're dealing with the $6 million residents, which I did once. I was fighting 
a six million dollar residence, wow. and the problem was it was worth six million. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's and a hard one. We went through with these high, this extremely, this well off, well established two doctors that had PhDs and medical doc. You know, they just had so, too much money, and like they bought this house, and they were showing me all the nitpicky little things wrong with their. They're, they're basically $10 million property. And I was in right off memorial, you know, in, oh in the memor in memorial. Location. Location. Yeah, it was a prime location. And they just bought it for this amount of money. And I'm, look here, the, the marble is, you know, not perfectly aligned. And I'm like, zoom in on the these picture. rich people are showing me all their dirty laundry. And they just, the, the appraisal district was just like, we don't get out of here. Oh, they didn't want to like sure. But arbitration, so have you been to arbitration? I have not but i do know someone who has okay um, what happened uh, matter of fact they're about to go through it again i believe <laughs> oh they liked it then it was it was successful it was successful for them so um you can go to the tax controller's website mm -hmm. go under property taxes and assistance uh, division to get more information mm -hmm. regarding arbitration okay. and litigation but um but you haven't had to go there yet because you have been satisfied on the formal i level. checked into it because i was not satisfied and this is, um, I'm going to throw myself under the bus because it's kind of fun. So the appraisal district kept telling me what my house was worth, and I uh -huh. built it about two years prior, uh -huh. and I was very frustrated with them one time. Mm -hmm. And um, they kept telling me it was worth several hundred thousand more than what uh -huh. I... That's a big, that's a big it, difference. Huge. Uh -huh. And I finally said, if it's worth that, it's for sale. <laughs> so I... Like they care. Right. So I put it on the market, and um, let's just say it sold. Oh, my gosh. You actually sold it? And I didn't expect to. I expected to go back the next year and be like, look, I had it on the market for your value, and it, it, nobody even gave me an offer. And they did. Oh and they, if they did, it was a cash offer. I'd be crazy not to walk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, what county was that in? Oh, I was in here in Montgomery. Okay. Uh -huh. I guess I knew you were in Montgomery County. You like your Montgomery County properties. I do. I'm which, a Montgomery County girl. I know, especially that A-frame house you had. It was That's my, my favorite. favorite too. I like the guy that lives there. Though. I know, and I like the house. I wish that I had a reason to have bought it from you, but I couldn't. Every A-frame. It was I... a little A-frame. <laughs> just as a, a way of description, how would you describe your A-frame house? Oh, like a cute little dollhouse. It looked like a dollhouse. It did. It had. It was all windows, and it was triangular, but it wasn't a teepee. It was a, a real house. Close. <laughs> so the guy that bought it was from up north, and he said that, like that was his. That's what he remembers as a child as having a lot living of in a teepee. Yeah, basically, <laughs> but it, it was a wooden cute one. I mean, this sounds bad for people listening. It was a cute house, exactly. and it had like a little body of water over there, and mm -hmm. you know what? I guess it might, maybe it was a. What would you call that? It wasn't a man-made. Did they dredge that to create a it water? It's just another little lake. Yeah, it's close to a Lake little... Conroe, but I, I think one of the lakes connects to Lake Conroe. But yeah, the other so two it may don't. have been a naturally forming little kind of body, uh, a reservoir that collected their own water. So it was their water. But anyway, it was probably he... a detention pond, really. Yeah. But it works. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was. Okay, so uh, what else on taxes? Anything? Uh, that's pretty much the the three steps that informal, you formal and arbitration arbitration and that, that you did the thing that i wouldn't have expected you sold the property and because they were right apparently. <laughs> yes yes they were right they proved me wrong and um, i think we all came out ahead so very yeah. good okay i love that okay so what uh, our next topic is easement issues and you always have easement issues you have estoppel prescriptive public uh, you have more easement questions than anybody i know which i love oh so give us yes i give do give us one of your your easement okay. dilemmas i purchase acreage for personal use i'd like to build on it since uh -huh. we you know don't have a actual house at the moment uh like what that, I mean, we haven't built our house yet we we sold the last house you did you the, the one I just mentioned? Yes, yeah, yes. we sold that. And I we didn't bought know land. That. And oh my gosh. The one with the water well? Um, the water well. Oh, that's the land. Oh, okay. Yes, never never mind. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, okay. you know about that. Oh, that was another <laughs> issue. Let's see. So Crystal gives me little text messages. What about this? And I'm yes. like, I've never had that before. Let me look it up. <laughs> Allow me. I'm the exception to the rule medically okay. and um in person. So if with land. So let's see. Easements. Bought acreage. Mm -hmm. Even has a sign on the land that says private road. Mm -hmm. Spoke to the two neighbors. That's all I have. But you did your due diligence. Uh, I thought I did. Mm -hmm. Spoke to the neighbors. Um, the road is actually named after one of the neighbors' family. As it typically is in Montgomery County. That's true. And she told me, uh, like, this is a private road. And even It didn't have, like, a public sign on it? It was just a... 
like a little sign that with a gate or something? Dirt road with a private road sign. I did have a gate. Just out of curiosity. It did not. Okay. Didn't did have not. to. But this one didn't. This one it did not. Did or did not. Okay. Did not. They have a gate at each of their properties going into their driveways, but not at the edge of this the one. property. Because how did you get to it if there was a gate at the properties? That's confusing. you drive down the dirt road uh-huh. and then turn off into each of their driveways. So you have a dedicated oh. easement to get to there because they're landlocked otherwise. Oh, okay, got it. All right. So let's see. So what happened with us is that um, bought this property. Thought it was a private road. Mm-hmm. A utility company also bought property. Um, Near the same time? A month before we closed, and it was out of the same tract. Okay. And Common tract ownership. They said that they were going to bring their large vehicles onto the land and down the dirt road, and I've you know, tried to politely say, I, I don't do think that. so, mm-hmm. because it's going to tear up the road. But you didn't know that they had, did you know that the company that was going to bring the trucks on had just purchased that land? Had you talked to them or where were you in the loop of your due diligence? Had you, was there, did you, did you have a chance to talk to the big truck company before you closed? I knew that they were purchasing it. Okay. But you didn't talk with them. I did not speak directly with them. No, I was too busy packing up my house at that point because we literally sold sold the house Uh and bought the land the very same day so things were in an uproar for a solid okay okay um living off of the 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 the, just the the the, i don't know even how what what terminology to use you went from a home to no home but in between you bought something and i went from house for to land for is what it pulls down (laughs) (laughs) but but i mean you had all these babies i mean you still have i mean they're not at how old are your children now i have 10 10 8 and 7 those are babies they are babies i mean you're doing the homeschooling zoom thing if you're not taking to school we did do it we are not now we're back in school now and i miss them I miss having them on my Yeah, I bet you do. I do. I do. Because Cheryl that did that, time. too. She homeschooled for a while. But Good you did it because of Zoom, didn't you? Did you do uh, it? Because... I have, and I have six children. Yeah, you have so. six. Did you homeschool your six because you chose to? Or was it there... me? Yes. Oh, no, I chose to. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, and my sister did the same thing, and I would never have had the patience to do that, or the intellect. I, I just wasn't smart enough. So did, sleep. did you do it because of COVID or because you wanted to? We did it because of COVID. Okay. And but you were ha- you liked it, but now they're, mm-hmm. did the kids choose go back to go back to school, or did you? They did. They did choose to go back. I actually asked them. I said, I will ultimately have a say-so, mm-hmm. but I would value <laughs> your input. And I asked them, and I anticipated them saying that they wanted to stay home yeah. because they've had such yes. positive feedback uh-huh. about it and they surprised me when they said they yeah they miss their friends yeah. i understand i they love this democratic so. the same thing with saint anthony Padua with all the kids you would think they don't want to go back to catholic school they gotta go to mass you know in the morning and they've got to wear the uniforms and I you have to get it. up and it's cold and you have to eat certain lunch no they, they all wanted to go back mm-hmm craziest thing okay i think it's great because yeah. i'm not trained as a teacher so i love it but i'm not trying to do it so we needed to we need to go back it was a it, it all worked out and you it gave did. them the option it did because okay. i was trying to open one of my remodels and turn it into a salon and it's going to be a hard time to balance out everything are we going to cover that today your salon sure okay good sure um, so can i finish yes, the plum- okay mm-hmm. so i thought it was a private road mm-hmm. Turns out after researching it and just pulling documents off of um, the county records that mm-hmm. it there was one word and it made all the difference, public or private. Sure enough, it was a public road. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. based off and of what I've seen. Was it in the survey or where was that, the two little words? It was, it was on or was the. Was it commissioner, uh, the survey plot or when they approved the subdivision? It was on, so it's unrestricted land. So mm-hmm. it was on when. The lady at the end of the street, when her and her husband purchased the land, uh-huh. there was a little snippet in the middle paragraph. I can tell you right where it is on the page. On the deed. Uh-huh. Yes, that it was public. And she would argue up and down that it was private. But because they'd always are private. They had always but assumed you see, that. The attorney in me says, well, it's now by prescription become private. But the argument will always be on the other side. Mm-hmm. You've got something in writing and the contract was made and you, by parole evidence, can't go in now and try to change the fact unless you want to go to court. And would it be worth fighting a legal battle over uh, just because you didn't want the... So you went yeah. in, and but you, did, you didn't know that. And then you did some research into the deed. Because I thought you had gone to the commissioner's court 
over, uh, was it Montgomery County Commissioner Court? I didn't know it was in Montgomery County. I can't remember. You never did do that. I think there was. I think I was looking at doing that as the had, next step. But what you had another uh, case, I thought, where you actually did go to the commissioner court, commissioner's court for something. You were arguing with them on one of your properties. You said, yeah, we went to the, uh, I can't remember the property now. You've had too many, know. you know, uh, things going on. But I can't remember either. <laughs> you had gone to the commissioner's court hearing over something. And you typically, um, when a subdivision is created, um, you, the developer, has to get approval, depending on what the rules are, the statutes and the ordinances in that city or county, you have to get your subdivision approved. You can't just randomly go file a subdivision plat like they did in the, the 1800s and 1900s. And even then, it had to be stamped for approval by the, the jurisdiction if it was within, and I guess they didn't have ETJs back then, but, but there's a way to get a subdivision approved. And yes. typically, these days, if you're in a city or if you're in the ETJ of a city and Montgomery County is a majority of it is within the extraterrestrial jurisdictions of the city okay. ha has authority with their ordinance to to govern it um, and the same thing with Magnolia because Magnolia is Montgomery County too Magnolia's got an ETJ but I thought you had gone to the Magnolia either Chamber of Commerce or the Commissioner's Court or something it's always something different oh now I know it's one yes you okay. had gone and talked to him. what was that real real yes. quick okay. it had something to do with easements um, I thought that one was more of a land acquisition pitfall, but we can do it now if you yeah, want. Yeah, I want to hear. What, you okay. went there because it's, it's, you, do, okay. you use the same process when you have an easement issue in some cases, and you ended up there. This was more along the lines of we purchased five acres. We had intended to turn it into an RV park and already mm -hmm. had like a sketch of the land uh -huh. um, with the layout that we wanted to do. Uh -huh. So we went to um, the town meeting or I'm sorry I forget kind of what commissioners all, of course commissioners court, yeah, whatever, well, commissioner court meeting, uh -huh. met with everybody and presented our uh, plans for that to which we how put, did you know to do that the phone calls okay. just kept calling okay. people until somebody kind of directed us because <laughs> I had no idea what it was doing was that in Magnolia <laughs> that is in um, Montgomery Oh, but but it is. okay. That's why in my head I was thinking out toward A and M. That's why it wasn't here in Conroe. It was the Montgomery, uh, not County Commissioners, because it's Montgomery. It's going to be the City of Montgomery. It was the City of Montgomery. So you that had to we go to with. their Commissioners uh, Chamber of Commerce or the Commissioners Court up there. Okay, got it. Went to that meeting, and that's what you have to do in small towns. You have to figure out who's got jurisdiction over. This rule. Yes, and, and I thought there was no zoning in Texas. Well, apparently there's no zoning in Texas, but you can have zoning, I guess, in the cities, and I didn't know They're that. They're all separate, right? Yes. So they we, have their own jurisdictional ordinances that they created back in the day. Yes, mm -hmm. so a big failed stamp on that project <laughs> because um, here we are thinking we're going to get to move forward. We bought it as unrestricted land, and we thought right. we had everything. Nothing's going to stop you. Why can't you go forward? Right, the utilities are right there at the edge of the property, which is perfect because like mm, seven-eighths of the land is... In the city limits, but uh -huh. a little snippet of it is not. And I'm like, that's a great scenario as it is. Uh -huh. And I thought everything was great. And so we went and presented our plans and uh -huh. thought we were just going to get this big old go Stay ahead with approval. it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It was just a matter of procedure. No, no, that's not at all what we found out. <laughs> they, um, they said, well... After digging into it more, there was going to be an impact fee. We're like, huh, impact fee? What's that all about? Yeah, to tie into the, the utilities, to, to rezone it from residential to commercial... And to be in order uh, to be able to tie into the public utilities, it was a hundred and fifty thousand dollar impact fee. Oh my goodness! To the city of Montgomery, or yeah. to some? Uh, That's oh. my understanding. This okay. was to the city. Oh I'm gosh. sorry, this has been a couple so, years ago. So, so yeah, what yeah, happened? Right, but somebody so was going to get one hundred fifty thousand. So what happened is, mind you, we literally paid a third of that for the land. Uh -huh. So oh my goodness. that was frustrating in itself. Um, to That's be the whole thing about over. land purchase and knowing what the use is. Yes. But you wouldn't even have known that. I wouldn't have known that. That makes me well, feel so a little what better. Happened? Did you abandon the project or what? We did. We've completely abandoned the project. It's sitting there and we're just paying taxes and, oh, <laughs> and no. interest on it. I so. didn't know that. We can do some creative real estate over we there. Could. We could. I, and I'm sure there's a loophole with that RV thing. We just haven't found it. We just haven't found it. Yeah, I'll find it. <laughs> you didn't ask me. I've <laughs> fun. Because okay. I, I got five other things going, but I would like to. It'd be okay, fun. Okay, good. So, yeah, so the impact fee kind of shut us down on mm -hmm, that project. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I like land. I'm kind of a land snob. I feel like it's, you know, always going to go up in value. So as long as you get it for a good mm -hmm. price, it's What okay. does Scarlett say at the end of Gone with the Wind? Uh, it may be at the beginning, but she's saying she's talking to her daddy, you know, Gerald, Gerald O'Hara. Land is the only, and he's, oh, no, he's telling her, land is the only thing of value. 
And that's why, biblically, you know, land has always been a really big deal in all of our wars. You know, taking over land. That's (laughs) what it comes down to. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, um, you also had, and I don't want I'm, I'm, I'm bumping around here, but you had an issue on 242. You had some land. Do you still have the land off 242? I still have the land. Okay. Um, flooding gonna, was the issue on that one. Yes, and I, I thought you were going to build it up like they do off 45 and just bring in some sand and some dirt and build that land right on up. And we looked into that and got it cleared, and we scrapped that project, too. Why? Was it another issue like that? It was because we had too many other projects going. Something had to go. Okay. Oh, you didn't <laughs> oh, scrap okay. it completely. You scrapped it for now. No, we just scrapped it for now. Because and I bought that on a tax trust Yes, list. That's, yeah. that we're back over to taxes. Yes. How did you find that land in the tax I found trust? it because um, a family member bought some land in the area. Mm-hmm. I um, After college, I lived down that street, mm-hmm. um, down, well, a street, like a couple away from it. So you down that basic street. After college, you lived off of, uh, what it was, I guess, 242, but yes. it's going toward 59. If you, that's a long road going that way. I did. I okay. did. I lived in, um, a family member's rental property there okay. and was grateful to have that opportunity mm-hmm. so that I could, you know, I paid them rent, but it was uh-huh. a very low amount and oh, it, good. Yeah. it enabled me to save up money. I mean, I love that. I, I, I just, I wish all kids would think like that. It's like, I've got to be responsible. This is what I can afford. This is where I will be. Not daddy, hand me the money for this rent because you're responsible for me. (laughs) Right. I'm very grateful. I've had lots of opportunities, but the answer is always yes. If someone hands you an opportunity, take it and run with it because might not Mm -hmm. come back again. I'm going to burn that on my pillow. Oh, (laughs) it is. And it gets you in a lot of trouble too sometimes, but it's fun. (laughs) It's fun. So, um, so yeah, I still have that project and it's kind of in the back of my mind. I still want to do like a tiny home community, but, uh, there was a lot to learn about that. Tiny homes are very gray area in the law and you have to have, for example, it's considered a, like an RV unless if if you have a holding tank on it, Mm -hmm. that's like the key. You have Mm -hmm. to have a holding tank. Um, to consider an RV. Otherwise, it's like a permanent house and a permanent structure, which is a whole other set of laws. And then you can only have, uh, I think, 13 or 14 of them on the property. But if you if you don't have a holding tank, you can have one. Right. Well, so, th- I had the same issue with uh, some people that wanted to invest in mobile homes over here mm-hmm. uh, in Conroe, you know, not, you know, off of the first street. Okay. And the, the, the ordinances have changed. Yes. You cannot, they've made it so you can't, you see all these little mobile homes that are right next to each other. They're like, you know, with, you, can't you, know, do that anymore. you cannot mm-hmm. do that. And it's like, wait a minute, I bought a half acre. No, No, you can't. It's crazy. So before you buy land, that's mm-hmm. what we're always, what we're talking about today is before you, ah, I'm just going to buy it. No. You've got to do your due diligence and maybe talk to some people because you're you going to have to. And I know someone that's Get dealing with imminent domain right now, and it's an absolute nightmare. Really? Because they're grandfathered into so many things uh-huh. where they are. Right. And um, it's an existing mobile home park. It's been there, uh, right, I think, right. 40-something years. You would think that that would be grandfathered in completely. Well, because of flooding, they're going to buy them out. And oh, uh, they went to the eminent. We've had a, a show on that. They had you have yes, to have a proceeding to, mm-hmm. to to show that it has been. I forgot the characterization of something that that, that you can t- the government can take it through eminent domain because it no longer has value mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I can't remember the term that's used, but it's a very common one. And you have to have it has to be judicial, but it's the five thousand pound gorilla. Well, their livelihoods being ripped out from underneath them without. Yeah, and all it is is a process. Mm-hmm. We can they can get eminent domain if. They just go through this 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 procedural government process right. because of the government. And, and it's going. Yeah, I'm it's sorry going. for well, them. Well, it might work out great. You know, the people have been great that they've been working with, mm-hmm. and we're just uh, waiting for that offer to come in is where that yeah. is right I know now. eminent domain cases that I did in the past all just had to do with you're never going to win this because you're not going to be able to prove that they can't take this land through, for, through eminent domain. But it's just what the value is. You're arguing all yes. about you're not going to give me anything. Maybe you can you can kind of work with them because they don't want to really go into a big, you know, long drawn out fight. Okay. But eventually, it's going to be it's just it's just a negotiation of how much you're going to be able to retain. Absolutely, you know, get back from it. All right. Absolutely. So what do you have? Easements. I stopped you. you easements. Easements. Let's see. Other than your public, it makes unless you've moved on from your public road issue. Yeah. So another easement issue that we've come about with is um, we bought another tract, a little. Uh, Again, five acres, a different mm-hmm. place. And it's very long and narrow. Uh-huh. It's only about 120 feet wide. Uh-huh. Turns out that despite what the realtor said on the selling side, um, that, oh, don't worry, that's part of a neighborhood easement um, to have access to that neighborhood if they want, but very 
well-known, established. Was it on the survey or was it on the, in the deed? It was on the survey okay. and... Referenced in the deed? I think it was Well, it doesn't even have to be referenced. Deed. It'll be anything... It's of definitely on the survey. Record. If it's, yeah. All right. So we were told that they already spoke to the neighborhood HOA and that they were going to drop the easement because it clearly goes nowhere um, except to a floodplain area in the back <laughs> floodway, <laughs> actually. And so we oh. thought, oh, well, that's good. So, so was it the HOA's easement? Whose easement was it? I think it's the HOA's easement is mine. But the HOA is really, it's anything on a survey. But it's, it's really for the benefit of everybody in the community. And the HOA can, the HOA may have the authority to waive the easement. Well, and that's what we had hoped. Uh-huh. Uh, my husband contacted them the first time. This is right after we purchased the property. Uh-huh. And they said that um, if we tried to build something on it, they would sue us. <laughs> That's HOA's work. Uh-huh. So we tried again, and this just happened in the last week. Um, spoke to oh, someone because we've got um, someone else interested in basically doing more of a permanent structure on the land and um, kind of being partners in. But investing. let me go back. It was a 120 foot strip, and there's an easement. How big is the easement? 60 feet. So <gasps> oh half gosh. of our property is non usable. Oh my gosh! Yeah, really? Okay. And, That's why um, you have to. You said that that was a 120 foot wide strip. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's like a thousand feet long or something crazy. A cigar strip, uh, a, a land, what they call it. But yes, yes. And sixty percent of it you can't build on. About half of it, yeah, about half of it we can't. And you build know on. my story about easements is the one that we had right off of twenty nine seventy eight, where there's an easement for just it's a, a forty year old survey. It just said easement, and then then it described the easement specifically in the deed restrictions that said these easements are for for this purpose, but a specific purpose, but not the one that ultimately it got used for. And the utility company, gas utility company, came in and put a great big old plant on it. And they said, our, the easement lets us do this. Okay. The easement doesn't let them do that. But are you going to fight a, a billion dollar, you know, a, a, a lawsuit for the rest of your mm-hmm. life over that? But the thing was is that if they what they said was true, the easement to put a massive 20-foot high, looks like a prison system mm-hmm. gas plant on mm-hmm. your easement, on your residential property. It was a residential lot. Mm-hmm. That means that they could do it to everybody's easement. They could go into anybody's backyard in this subdivision. There's 250 lots okay. and put this thing on there. And so the argument is, no, you can't do that. And so we thought we had that. And then there was an eminent domain argument. There was all these different arguments that we made on it. And ultimately, my client settled because your life is not worth being in court over an mm-hmm. easement because... When you've got an attorney involved and they're bringing you into court, they know that your legal fees are exceeding the cost of the property right. just to fight for it. So it, right. it's a, just, you have to wait. Yeah, you want to fight for the principal, but sometimes but it's now, not worth the time. But now, the 60-foot easement, what happened? So let me backtrack for a second because it's interesting you mentioned that because we had the 242 property that uh-huh. you asked about. Uh-huh. One of the reasons um, for that that I put it on hold was – Many, one of the many reasons was because trying to get water, which was literally one street over, and it floods, <laughs> and it floods. <laughs> <That's> water <laughs> major concern there. Um, getting water one street over and speaking to the utility company was going to also be was it sixty, eighty, hundred thousand, something absurd. Why? But there was an easement, and I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I can show you the easement, I can plot right. it out on a map, and it's clearly Utilities, written right. as an easement. Uh-huh. And I'm like, look, you, and I got permission from the property owner. To build the to, water, to kind of go across it, they had to go across a little snippet of theirs down uh-huh. the easement, uh-huh. and it would have been a fraction of the price. And I was willing to pay that to get right. public right. water there because it right. simplifies everything right. instead uh-huh. of having a well. Um, right. But that was a big hiccup because they're like, "Oh no, we can't use that easement. That's specific to other utilities." Could and I'm you like, have, what difference does it make? Have dug your own? Mm-hmm. You can create your own easement. Could you have uh, put the uh, the water pipes in yourself, like like we did over at our one of our properties? We actually created. Uh, our own pipeline to connect up to um, uh, to sewage because it didn't have that because we're too far outside of Magnolia. So you couldn't have done a private, but you, uh, that would have been a, a lot of money though to build and connect. I'm just wondering. It didn't seem like it'd be that expensive to build, you know, a six foot ditch and put a water line in there and connect up to their water system and the. I think they make you use some of their contractors or something. I mean, yes, I could tap into theirs, but that yeah. was going to be the... The cost was... We, it was a phenomenal was. cost for us to tap into it because they, we did... Wait. It's ridiculous. Wait. So, Crystal, you were going to tap into theirs, but what happened? Why did, why did you not do that? They just wouldn't permit it? They would not allow me to go through the easement, which was the path of least resistance and a much shorter run. They wanted me right. to go back down the street, up and around, basically make it oh, triple about the distance. And I think it was 
so that everybody on the street could connect and I could pay for the lines that were right, there. Exactly. Oh, so right, exactly. I think right. it probably was political because everybody was like shaking hands and n- nudging each other with their elbow. I think so. It was quite frustrating. Oh, I'm so. sorry. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But anyway, okay, I'm learned. not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done yet. That's just the beginning. Okay, so the 60-foot so, one. So, oh, yes, going back to the 60-foot one. So we reached out again recently, and the president of the HOA um, said, and I quote, there is not a way the easement can be amended without replatting the section and getting county approval, neither of which is going to happen. So, oh, and, and being oh. on an HOA, HOA board, that, mm-hmm. that they're just saying, they're saying they're not going to approve it, but that's, we have, pro- because we're on 1488, our subdivision has got major thoroughfares going through mm-hmm. it. That's just simply not true. So you might want to talk to me about that because, okay. um, because if, if they you you make uh, you make a proposal to them, or you show that you're willing to uh, absorb those costs or whatever it may be, if you've, mm-hmm. it's it's basically a, a lawsuit waiting to happen. But do you want to argue with that or find a different you know method of getting to to getting to the result that you want, there may be one. It's like anything else. There's a happy medium for everybody. Yeah. We could just explore but they, that but, option. So anyway, the, I thought I thought you'd resolve that 60-foot easement issue with that property, and it hasn't happened yet. And you can't build, if you were to say, whatever, I'm fine. You can't just build on the 60 feet that you can and, and, and be just as good. I mean... My understanding is if we build anything permanent, that they could sue us. And but that's within the 60-foot easement, access. right? What about the 60-foot that's not within the easement, the other side? Um, we already do have a structure there. We oh, we bought okay. an old farmhouse and renovated it. It was fun. Oh, cute. That's yeah, right. That, that was right. Right. through it. Now it's a salon. So, okay. yeah, it's fun. Is it actually a salon now? It is. Wow. We're just now okay. opening. Yay. Um, I, don't, I, I don't go to salons or I'd say I'd visit, but it sounds really cute. I'm going to go see it. I can treat you. Because when we were trying to lease our – no, I'm not. I refuse. When we were – when we bought our uh, – we had people that wanted to lease our barn mm-hmm. and change into an old white barn house salon. Okay. But we didn't do it because it would have been a lot less. It wasn't cost effective to do that. So we didn't. Oh, but I'm no, getting, salons are not cost effective. <laughs> I am being told by station manager Dick that we are already out of time. Already, and I have so oh. many other issues, HOA thwarts and land acquisition pitfalls. But uh, perhaps Crystal, we can get you back Crystal, next week, ma'am. Thank you, thank mm-hmm. you for being our guest. Maybe I can meet you next week. I would like uh, We want to remind you that you can download us on iTunes and Google Play tomorrow. You can watch us on uh, Facebook, and we also want to remind you to serve God, God, serve God by serving others, and see us next week because we're going to get Crystal back on here. Okay. Sounds great.